Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, this is an interesting time of the year. Uh, it's not just the new year, but it's also the football playoffs. And what I've noticed, you know, I'm a transplant here. I'm not going to tell you the team that I used to root for because that really means nothing. But what I've noticed is as the pastor of, of a church here in, in western central PA is that when the Steelers go to the playoffs, people get serious about football. Have you noticed that? And so I've even learned that, you know what, if you're going to have a dinner or something or have an activity, make sure that you're not interrupting or in any way coming in conflict with, what, a playoff game. And there's been times in the past where, you know, like I'll look at the calendar back in December or November and say, oh, this will be a good time for an annual meeting. And the annual meeting, because I didn't check the Internet, happened to be scheduled for, are you ready for this, the Super Bowl day. So guess what had to change? The NFL didn't change the Super Bowl because George scheduled the meeting. We had to schedule the meeting another day. Why? Because people get serious about what? Football and about Steeler football. You know, you know what I mean? And, and pretty soon here, if as they progress, if they progress, and some people say they're going all the way. Okay, they're going all the way. Okay, if they progress, Pretty soon here, people are going to be wearing their what to church? Their jerseys. Or you're going to buy a jersey and wear it. We get serious about different things. Now, the problem is, I'll just be flat out honest with you, the excitement and all of that that we have towards sports, sadly, we don't have that towards Jesus. You don't have that towards Christianity. And, and there could be, and, and right now we're not going to discuss why that is. I'm just going to say that it exists. It doesn't, it isn't there. And so really what I want you to look at is two points I want to make here is that there's a lack of seriousness in the church today, in Christians' lives today. Two reasons why. Number one, we have a tendency not to take God seriously. We have a tendency not to take God seriously. So God may say in his word, don't do this. And trust me, there are times when he says, don't do this or don't do that. We, we kind of see it as, to be honest with you, when we don't take it seriously, we kind of see it as a take it or leave it proposition. You know, we can accept that. Oh, yeah, maybe he said that. But, you know, I, I really want to do something else. So... I'm going to do my thing, and that's okay with God because he loves me and he forgives me. So we don't take God seriously about what he says in his word. I struggle with that, you struggle with that. Let's just be flat out honest. Let's just be honest. We don't take God seriously. There's a lack of seriousness. Here's the second thing. Yet we still think everything is okay with God. We don't take him serious about what he says. But yet, for some reason, we think everything's still okay with God. 
Like the, the, like the forgiveness card trumps everything. And so there's no accountability. We, we just don't take him serious, but we're okay with him. We're okay with him. What we're going to see today is we're going to, we're going to finish up the Sermon on the Mount. And this is Jesus' discussion sermon series of points that he was making to a large crowd of people as he was sitting on a hillside telling them about who it is that can enter the kingdom of God. So he's going to wrap it up. He's going to bring it all together. And what we're going to see here, I'll just be flat out honest with you, are the most scariest verses to me in all of the Bible. Really, George, we're going to have another heavy message? No, we're going through, we're going through Matthew. I'm sorry. It's just, these are the next few verses. But they're actually, can I be honest with you, maybe something that we need to think about today because we don't take them serious. And the point that Jesus is going to make from the passage that we're going to look at today is that you and I need to own it. You know what I mean by that? You ever been told, own it? Are you in it? You need to own it. You need to get serious about it. And so if you're here today and you profess to have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you profess that you believe in him, that you're going to heaven, you need to own that. You need to get serious about your relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the point of what we're going to see here. Now let me set the stage for you so that everybody understands what we're talking about here. What Jesus is about to say is not directed, let me just stop for a moment, is not directed at unbelievers. It's directed at people who think that they're okay. It's not directed at people who reject him. It's not reject, directed at people who are completely lost. It's, re, it's directed, what he's about to say here, is directed at people who think that they're going to be a part of the kingdom. It's about people who think that they're okay with God, that they're going to go to heaven. These are what the words are for. How do you know that, George? Well, because he's addressing it to the Jews. And in the mind of a Jew, you need to understand salvation, being with God, was simply by two things. Number one, by birth, they were born a Jew. And number two, because the promises were given to the Jewish people. And so because by being, by nature, a Jew, they thought they were okay with God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So this is a message that's directed to, are you ready for this, God's people. So you say, okay, man, what did he say? Well, let's look at it together. We're in chapter 7. We're looking at the last section. We're going to look at verses 21 through 29. And I want you to grasp what Jesus is saying here. Look with me at verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? 
then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell. And great was its fall. And so it was that when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astounded at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. What we're going to do here, folks, is we're going to take these verses, verses 21 through 29. We're really going to divide them up into two sections. We're going to look, first of all, at the warning. We're going to see the warning in verses 1 through 23. And then we're going to see the responsibility. A responsibility. Here, here's the thing. When you talk about coming Sunday after Sunday, when you talk about reading the Word of God, when God speaks to you, there comes a responsibility with what God shows you. So that's what we're going to see in the second part. And all of this is about whether or not we're going to what? Own it. Whether or not we're going to get serious about God in our lives. So let's look at the warning. And again, remember what I said to you. The warning is not to unbelievers, lost people. It's to people who think they're okay. It's to people who think they are part of the people of God. It's to people in our context who think they're saved. Let's look at what he says here. First thing I want you to notice with me. Look at the warning. Verse 21. Very hauntingly, very scary saying. Look at what he says to me. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Here's the point. Jesus tells us that not everyone will make it. Wow. Wow. That's really going against the grain, isn't it, George? Yeah, because here's, here's the concept. Can I be honest with you? Today, we think everybody's going to make it. And especially if you call yourself a Christian, especially if you have some connection, some way to a church, we think everybody's going to make it. Here comes Jesus. This isn't George saying this. And he says to him that in that day, now what does that mean? In that day refers to the judgment. It's to the future. In that day, people will come to him, they will stand before him, and they'll say, Lord, Lord. The term there is master. The term there is people who think they know him. Lord! Lord! And he'll say, not everybody's going to make it. Not everyone's going to be a part of the kingdom. Are you sure about that, George? I'm definitely sure about that, folks. 
Do you realize that that's even true today in our country? They, you know, they look at, you know, even though, quote, and it's shrinking, we're still a majority faith in the nation. That doesn't mean that people are Christians. What they believe found is, is that through survey after survey and study after study through the years, what they have found is, is that only 8% of Americans believe in a biblical message of salvation. That Jesus Christ is the only way to get saved. Period. Only 8%. The rest are deceived. Not everyone's going to make it. And in years ago, this statistic, I've shared this with you before, that in our churches, more than half think that because of some other reason, they're going to heaven, not just Jesus. Jesus comes along and says to me and you as we read this passage, not everyone's going to make it. Not everyone's going to make it. Do you think that's going to be a big shock one day is when people wake up in eternity because they've passed from this life and they stand before the king and they think they're okay because they were a part of such and such church. They were baptized. They they gave. They volunteered. And then they find out that they're not going to be a part. That, my friends, is shock, isn't it? That is going to be disturbing. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. Jesus says, first of all, Jesus, not everyone will make it. Here's what he says in verse 32. Some who profess to know Jesus will be rejected. Look at verse 22. I mean, talk about people who can make a profession here. Look at this. He says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Now, what is prophecy here? Prophecy is where God gives you a message and you give that message to others. You proclaim it. They're proclaiming truth. Have we not proclaimed truth? Have we not proclaimed God's truth? Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Here's the other one. Cast out demons. That's taking authority over demonic forces. Have we not cast out demons in your name? And here's the other one. Done many wonders. What are we talking about? Healings. There's going to be people who will stand before him and say, Lord, didn't we do all the great stuff? Lord, weren't we involved in the Sunday school program? And weren't there a lot of people who got saved? And Lord, didn't we do all this stuff? And Lord, we were at Dart Blast and we took a lot of shots for you. He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Whoa, stop for a moment. That, isn't that rejection? I mean, that hurts. I'll give you a personal example. A few years ago, I went to a conference, a pastor's conference, and it was at the end of the conference, and I was going to, a friend of mine was involved in hosting the conference, and I was going to go up and say goodbye to him. And as I'm getting up to the platform, I see another guy coming off the platform that I know that I went to school with. I even helped him get his first church as a pastor. You'd think that's pretty cool, right? He comes off the platform, he sees me and says, what's your name? 
uh, I'm George Cannon. Well, it's nice to meet you, George. And he walked on. Folks, what's that called? Rejection. You've been there, haven't you? You know what that feels like? Let me tell you something. Think about this for a moment. Think about this for a moment. It's one thing to have somebody who was a friend do that to you. What will it be like when Jesus does that to you? And here you are, you were, you were doing all the stuff. I mean, you were involved. And Lord, didn't we do all this stuff for you? And he says, depart from me is a nice way the Bible puts it. Get away from me. I don't even know who you are. That's pretty rough, isn't it? See, this is the warning he's giving here. This is the warning. Some will profess to know Jesus will be rejected. Here, here's the, the final thing. Here's the thing. Look with me. Verse 23, he says, and I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Here's the third thing. They are rejected for not truly having a relationship with Jesus. This is why they get rejected. Because they did not have a relationship with him. That word knew there is talking about an intimate knowledge of you. God is, Jesus is saying to you, I never had a relationship with you. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? That's why this, I'm going to be honest with you folks, that's why I get bothered by this passage. This is why I consider it the scariest passage. Because, let's be honest, we can think, we can come to a place where we think everything's okay. Yeah, we're not doing what he told us to do, but we're okay. Yeah, he, you know, he might be upset, but we're okay. But are you sure? Are you sure you're okay? What are you trusting in? Are you trusting in an action? Are you trusting because you prayed a prayer long ago? Are you trusting because your grandma told you you're okay? Are, are you are you trusting in, well, you know, remember, George, I was baptized, and I've been taking part in communion, and, and you know, Lord, I did, George, I did this. and did, you know, I'm, I'm asking, what are you trusting in? If you're not trusting in your simple faith in Jesus Christ alone, you don't have a relationship with him. This is why we've got to take it serious. And I'll be honest with you folks, I'm right with you. I'm not, I'm not talking at you, I'm talking at myself as well here. Because the reality is, let's just be flat out honest, okay? Let's, let's just be brutally honest. We don't take them serious. If something else came up today that was more important, would you even be here? I mean, if they started having playoff games at 10 o'clock, I already know what would happen. Do you know what I'm saying? 
Well, I'll be here, George. Yeah, but you'd be looking at your smartphone. What's the score? See, this is the warning. Who's he warning here? The people of God. And with the warning comes a responsibility. So that's where he gets into this final section here of what he's saying here in verses 24 to 29. You've heard it before. You've heard about it like a man who builds it on a sure foundations and the storm came and the wind and the waters came and he was okay and the guy who built it on sand. Well, you know what it's like. You build a house on sand. It's going to get washed away eventually. He brings out several points here that I want you to see. Number one, acting on what Jesus tells us ensures stability in life. Here, you and I have to come to the place where we've got to make a decision. I've got to come to this place, you've got to come to this place. That when we read the Scripture, when we read the Bible, and God says to us, listen, George, I want you to stop doing this. George, I want you to do this. You and I have got to come to a place, I've got to come to a place where I have to say to myself, this is not an option. This is not, let's make a deal, I'll take door number three. This is what God told me to do. This is what needs to be adjusted in my life. And the reason why I've got to make that decision is I've got to come to a conclusion about God. That when God tells me to do something, it's because he loves me and he wants what's best for me. He's not trying to be a cosmic killjoy and and thwart my life and keep me from enjoying myself and keep me from finding true happiness. No, he's actually trying to set boundaries so that your life is okay. That doesn't mean that there won't be problems. It doesn't mean that there won't be issues of suffering. Jesus said suffering will be a part of our lives. But what it means is, is that it's for the betterment and stability of your life in Christ. See, if you respond to what he's saying, you're like the man who builds his house on a good foundation so that when the stuff of life comes at you... Now notice here, when you read the text, the implication is that the stuff of life will come at you, right? If you look at what it says there, look at verse 24, when the storms come, it's not if the storms come, folks, it's when they come you'll be able to see yourself through it because you've built your life on what? Jesus. See, this is it. Acting on what Jesus tells us ensures stability in our lives. He goes and shows us the exact opposite here. Look at what he says here. If you decide, oh, you know what? It's an option, George. I can do whatever I want. Well, here's the point he makes. It's foolish to ignore Jesus and will result in great destruction. It's foolish. You're a fool. Did you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, my mom lives in Columbia, South Carolina. And y'all know that just a few months ago they had torrential rains and it flooded the whole area. And just just a quarter of a mile down the road from where my mom lives, there there's there was this pond that's owned by a U.S. congressman, 
And that pond overflowed and washed out the main road. And that's because in Columbia, we, I grew up in what's known as the sand hills. It's nothing but sand and clay there. And, and guess what? Water does not like sand and clay. It just washes it away. So when it overflowed, that, that pond overflowed, it just washed out the whole road. And so the road is gone. So here's what, here's what, uh, the, uh, I guess they call it the DOT there in South Carolina, the SCDOT, not PennDOT, the SCDOT. Well, anyhow, uh, they put up signs, road closed. And my mama told me that people just ignored the signs and just kept driving on through till there ain't no more road and they're in a ditch or the creek that washed out the road. Would you say that they were dumb? Flashing signs, road closed. And everybody knows that roads are washed out there. It's not like this is an abstract thing. I mean, we're talking major flooding in the area. Boom, your nice car is gone. Would you say that's foolish? Because they've been warned, right? Folks, don't we do the same thing every day? Jesus is flat out telling us, flat out telling us, don't do this, don't do that. I want you to do this. He's talking to you. He's speaking to you through his word as you read it, through maybe something you hear on the radio, through your conscience. He's telling you, don't do this. And we just flat out think, oh, it's an option. I'll make it through. And then we end up in what? Destruction. You've got a responsibility. That's the point he's making here. You do what he says, it'll ensure stability in your life. But if you, it's foolish to ignore him, and great is the destruction. Ultimately, what he's talking about here is if you ignore what he's saying ultimately about being in the kingdom, how great is the destruction? Hell. That's how real he is. The last two verses give us our last point. And here's the thing. This is what you and I have to wrestle with. Look at verse 28 and 29. Matthew writes, And so it was that when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. They're like, whoa! Seriously, man, this guy, man, there's something about what he's teaching. Look at why. For he taught them as one having authority. and not as the scribes. See, here's the thing. We must recognize that Jesus is not just another teacher. We must recognize that Jesus is not just another teacher. We're not talking about George's opinion here. We're not talking about, oh, George, you're just giving us the denominational line. You're just teaching what other people have taught for you. We're not, no, folks. We're talking about what Jesus says here. And he's not just another teacher. He's God. And he died for you. So that you might have the forgiveness of sins. That you might have a relationship with him. So that you might not go to hell. You think you need to pay attention? You think you need to respond? This is the responsibility. 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.